The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Evening, everyone. We are Very Loose Women on Resonance FM. The theme is teenagers, a kind of teenage angst, what we were like as teenagers. So to get us started, introduction-wise... Um, if everyone says their name and maybe one word to describe yourself as a teenager. Oh, as a teenager, I'm Lily, and I am... I'm not even aware of the concept of looseness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Catherine, and as a teenager, I would say I was unduly cynical for the little life experience I'd actually had. Mm. These are some very long words. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just one word. Cynical. Great, yeah. Lucinda? Oh, well, yeah, I'm Lucy. Uh, as a teenager, I was uh, somewhat pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to go with the one word, which was, oh, I'm Emma, and my word was going to be frizzy. <laughs> I think it was a really good description of how I was as a, as a teen. Pre-hair straighteners. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I couldn't really afford the GHDs. Still can't. Anyway, yeah. Those Great. are classic times. So to, to get us uh, thinking about our teenage selves... Catherine, I think you've got an introduction. For- yeah, so um, next up we've actually got a specially recorded poem which we're going to play. It's called Sixteen and it's by Stevie Ty- Tyler. Um, Stevie is a friend of mine. She's a stand-up poet and she founded a night called Rhymes with Orange which is designed for stuck creatives and the idea is that anyone can turn up and read out a poem and you can check it out with looking at their website which is rhymeswithorange.com. Um, so without further ado, here is Sixteen. Sixteen-year-old me would smack me in the face if she saw me now. She'd say, you're drinking coffee from Starbucks, wearing clothes from a high street shop, and you're eating meat. What the fuck? I mean, we'd still have short hair and disregard for whether appropriate footwear in common, but apart from that, our similarities would stop. She wouldn't be impressed that I don't listen to Rage Against the Machine anymore. That the lyrics to my internal soundtrack are less, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, anymore. And a little more, yes sir, how much more will you pay me? that I don't dress only in cameo print army surplus store vests anymore, and that there isn't anything that I'm 100% sure about anymore because black and white and wrong and right aren't the only two sides of a fight. And morality isn't a single clear line anymore. 16-year-old me was so angry it came off me like steam. How would I break the news that when she's past 22 she'll become immune to stroppy outrage and bored of opinions that are well-meant but badly explained? That she'll have to learn the rules of the game so she doesn't get played and that all her passion and anger will get boxed up and put away in the attic next to Roald Dahl books and GCSE anthologies? And that she can't care as much anymore? And that her opinions will be so much more erratic than before? If 16-year-old me heard me say this, she would slap me. And I deserve it. And for that, I owe her an apology. So big thanks for Stevie for sending that in. Uh, We thought that was a great kind of starting point to talk about what we were like when we were 16 and what our 16-year-old self would say to us and maybe what we would also say to her if we happened to be in a weird situation where we actually did bump into each other. Emma, what do you think? Oh, that's lots of questions. Um, What would my teenage self say to me now? Probably get a job. (laughs) Um, number one maybe uh i kind of yeah that was my main thought i suppose uh why aren't you like changing the world maybe and And that's kind of what stevie was saying in her poem like when you're young you're so outraged by everything and really want to make a difference and then there's that realization that 
you're kind of slowly compromising on things all the time and getting sucked into being a person you don't want to be. I was massively introspective. I wasn't thinking about anything except for, like, looking at the pavement. I I don't think I thought about (laughs) anything. Like, right up until 17, I was just thinking about, like, what was down by my shoes. What was down by my I found a free Metro coupon for a whole month. That was a month free transport. That <laughs> made me so happy. <laughs> Can I pose a question? Unrelated, well, related. Um, what was the most exciting thing you've ever found on the ground? Sorry, I just think it's a great well, question. Well, that, obviously. Oh. <laughs> I found some really great hair clips. Quite often, little bows and stuff for my hair. You gave me a pink yeah. hair clip once that you found on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Loads of great hair clips. I found a little tiny frog. Um, a live one? No, like no, a it was a plastic frog, but I kept it for years in New York. I loved it. <laughs> and I just used to keep it in my room. Little froggy. Did it bring you good luck? I, I used to think it did, yeah. I never find good things. That's <laughs> what people say to me. When I used to find a lot of really great hair products or hair clips <laughs> on, the, on the streets, I remember my friend Jenny saying, the only thing I've ever found is an onion. <laughs> <laughs> was it in the ground? <laughs> <laughs> on the ground, perhaps. Anyway, sorry to shoot that off there um so what would we tell our younger selves what advice would we give to our 16 year old selves that's what i'd like to know i think if i met my 16 year old self i would just want to say you need to just stop worrying about everything yeah i definitely say the same thing like and you need to stop being so self-obsessed when i was younger my parents would say to me you know there's so much like fun stuff to do you could join a film club you could meet all these people but i never wanted to do anything if like my friends weren't doing it or I just, the idea of doing stuff on my own, I couldn't go out and do it. And instead, I just kind of sat there getting really resentful. And because everything is controlled by your school routine and what your mum and dad do, you feel like you don't have anything fun to do. But really, I could have gone and done loads of stuff. Make your own fun. Yeah, I was, I don't know. Like, And also, you have so much more, in a way, more money because you don't have any responsibilities. That £20 a week that you've got, you could actually do something really good with. But instead, I just kind of sat in my room feeling really you know pissed off about everything. on msn yeah on <laughs> msn quite a lot um but looking back that's definitely what i kind of want to say but then if you are the type of person who goes out and does all this cool stuff and takes responsibility for yourself you're not really being a teenager no, I, yeah that's the thing i think i didn't get into the whole friend thing a lot as i <laughs> mentioned before yeah lily's got I a great did, story about having <laughs> i didn't get a page in the yearbook because you needed to pair up with three other people and i didn't have any friends <laughs> So it's really harsh. Like, it's harsh. That's quite a lot of friends to have to have. That's I like, so. and it's like erasing yourself from the history of the school. And plus, it was the fiftieth like anniversary of our school. That's how, that's how the entire that school wanted to blot you out. <laughs> but I was really obsessed with like doing my homework on time and like going to theatre class. That was it. Like I didn't. At I least didn't... you joined in on something. I refused to join anything. Well, she had to. She was looking for at least one friend. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I think my teenage self, I, I would tell my teenage self to stop doing things only because boys I fancy are doing them, which is basically my primary motivation for smoking, for going to concerts, for going to cinema. I mean, everything I did was basically done to follow men around. I don't... I, Does it change sad. that much? <laughs> <laughs> not, not you personally, but I mean, you know... <laughs> But then you'd probably experience some good stuff that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Good. I, I think it's the hindsight that makes you makes you question your motivations for doing those things as a teenager, mm-hmm. though. I think for me, it was a lot of kind of peer pressure, maybe, which I, I, yeah. you think Sorry. you love, but then I don't know <laughs> how much of that is is genuine. I think that one piece of advice that I wanted to give myself was that I should. Uh, at 16 cut my hair really short i did that i took so long to do it and i wanted to cut my hair for years so why didn't you it. do it 
Because people were like, that'll look gross. Or like, it looked gross, weird or whatever. When but when it, I did it, it I cut it short so. and dyed it orange. Well, that and does sound gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dyed it orange. My mum was like, oh, you're a carrot head. And I actually had a teacher <laughs> that when my brown hair started growing back was like, oh, you dyed your hair. No, I'm not naturally orange. Who's naturally orange? Obviously, ginger head people are. But like, it was... <laughs> <laughs> but that's was, only a couple of millions. So. But it was like, it was like very... Um, it looked synthetic. It couldn't have been a natural hair colour. Why did you do it? Were you trying to rebel against No, being that's feminine the thing, or... that's what people thought. But actually, my big sister had this friend who had short, but it was strawberry, bro- stra- strawberry blonde hair, and I was going for that. <laughs> and I didn't really communicate it properly, so I'd never been really properly to a hairdresser. So wait, th- this was done in a professional salon? <laughs> yeah, it was. I think my teenage years were kind of littered with um, me trying to do things that other people did, like hairstyles or clothes that I just couldn't carry off. I, there were did so you ever have looks. cornrows? I didn't have cornrows. <laughs> no, come on, the triple denim story. I just like I used to cut my fringe a lot myself, so I had like a kind of micro fringe that looked awful. And I also was big fan of um, multiple scrunchies, so like a really <laughs> tight, a tightly gelled mm. ponytail with maybe like. 10 once i got 20 scrunchies on um, i did they were all different sizes including <laughs> like a one with beads that rattled really loudly so everyone knew you were coming and they were yeah. like god it's a girl with scrunchies again sorry wait did your hair just look like a giant <laughs> tube like <laughs> yeah essentially there were loads of really my school had always really weird kind of cultural quirks to it like i suppose every school has it where so for example wearing a hood was seen as being really sad so you could have an umbrella what, so if cool. you, it was fine to have a coat with a hood but if you ever put the hood up people just really alienated you um wow. there were all kinds of weird rules like that like everything was so defined what you could and couldn't do see this explains a lot about why i didn't have any friends i was completely unaware of the hood rule <laughs> yeah i don't it know was like, being on eggshells fat ties that was a real at my school like if you so we all had to wear ties to school different ties for girls and boys but um if you were popular you had a really fat tie like really short <laughs> and really fat like the fatter you can make the tie correspond to the, how popular you were it's true. It's a true fact. True still today. Even even now, how do you know? Think about it. A cravat. That's pretty <laughs> darn good. <cool. laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, our next um, guest is um, is someone that Lily has brought onto the show. So, Lily, so, do you want to... Um, um, yeah, so I met Sandra at an op- the open mic night in um, Camberwell at this cafe called House. It's on the last Wednesday of every month, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so... I heard her play. Would you like to introduce her song and then play your song? Yeah. Um, my song is called Teenage Crush. And, um, yeah, it's basically what the programme's about, so I'll just play it for you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I got a crush, got a crush on you And I just don't know what to do Because it really makes me feel kind of blue Got a crush, got a crush on you And I just don't know what to do Because it really makes me feel kind of blue I guess it started off as admiration You're a superstar I'll never know you cause you're out of reach too far When I dream of my arms around you And it feels so right But then I know I'll never hold you in the night That I'll never have you Makes me want to die 
And it's not funny when it makes me wanna cry. Do you know what I mean? I really like to change the scene. To get to know you is my one ambition now. Teenage crush, ooh. Teenage crush, ooh. Teenage crush, ooh. Teenage crush. ask at this point is there an inspiration for that song or is it just as the whole you know the whole thing uh, well when i was a teenager amazingly i had a crush on no <laughs> yeah and on quite a popular pop star at the time um a celeb yeah can you name the name I could do. Um, I don't think he'd mind too much. His name's Cliff Richard. I think he was quite an epidemic at the time, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Do you still hold a candle for um, Cliff? Um, well, um, he's a role model. He's like a, a father figure to me, kind of. I okay. see him as being sort of, well... I'm playing guitar and singing now, so it's kind of like... It's a an inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings us nicely into the, into the whole topic of teenage romance. And questions. Does, it, did, did, does everyone remember their teenage crush? Were they on celebrities Vividly. or were they on real people? Talk <laughs> us through those memories. My strongest teenage crush was on uh, the fictional character of Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yes. That was a really um, big one. It was really big. Hold on. Angel or Spike? Well, oh. it kind of moved, but it started yeah. off with Angel. And honestly, I still don't think I've ever been in love with anyone that much. Like, it really did... Con- it was all-consuming. He was a tortured soul. Yeah, he was very tortured. Like? It's like the blueprint for guys that I go for now as well. Really annoying. Uh, <laughs> emotionally unavailable. But, um, yeah, basically, I couldn't spell. So I used to write all over my pencil case and books, I heart angle. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so embarrassing. And then also, um, one of my best friends and I had the really similar. It happened all the times, both of us. We always ended up fancying boys that were really quite mean to us at school, or we just couldn't stop ourselves from fancying like the popular guys and they were kind of maybe throw stuff at us and we'd sit and discuss like whether it was a flirtatious throw or just a nasty throw <laughs> you know if it was a can probably didn't like us but if it was a rubber maybe it I meant something say, rubber yeah, yeah. Definitely. Rubber definitely. <laughs> i think a rubber is hinting at something definitely <laughs> it sounds like it <laughs> um, did anyone have any embarrassing celeb crushes I never mm. had a, I, like, while I was growing up, I, like, I, my first crush was at 17. I think, again, I was just late in the game. That's still a teenage crush. Yeah, yeah it still counts, but it lasted all the way until I was, like, 22. <laughs> <laughs> that must have just been true love, Lils. I hope not. <laughs> uh, who was the gentleman or lady? I'm obviously not going to say. Not, okay, it's a non-celeb, a non-celeb crush. Non-celeb. My celeb crush, well, actually, now that I'm thinking of this, I think I was about eight. This might be my first crush, like, celeb crush or ever ever and it was um david hasselhoff <laughs> i remember having this like i don't even know why i've probably only seen baywatch like once but oh, i remember jump in my car like, oh yeah it must have been that song <laughs> i remember just having this like romantic dream about him but i obviously didn't really know like what what a romantic dream was supposed to like um consist of so i think maybe we just like held hands of it or something <laughs> 
And then in, my, in, in the dream, I think everyone was quite cross when they found out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Parents surprised. weren't happy. Possibly due to the age difference. <laughs> it's like age difference, yeah. I used to, ha- I used to um, love 911. I used to have a real thing for Jimmy in 911 and fantasise about him. Tell us, your, tell us the logic behind it, please, because you had a good reason. Well, my feeling was that everyone liked Lee and Spike, so if I went because for Jimmy... they were Jimmy, marginally less unattractive. <laughs> if I went for Jimmy, I stood more of a chance. <laughs> How did you think you were going to meet 911? I, I don't know that my imagination had stretched that far. Like, a chance meeting in a shopping mall was kind of what I envisaged, but... I mean, how often does that happen? Um... <laughs> Although actually now they are totally like failed failed stars. Yeah, you and can you definitely can... get with them now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should look him up. Um, yeah, I had a little question, which was just how is a teenage crush different to when you fancy someone nowadays? Well, I think I, I think just based on the, those four or five torturous years that I had, I think that that was that like if I'd known what what like having a you know proper nice time is, that I wouldn't have gone through with that. I think it's the it is the intensity of mm. of the feeling for someone who you don't know or is actually you awful. Think you know them. And it's just one way. Yeah, yes. you just you almost <laughs> force yourself into it. You have all these feelings and nowhere to channel them, so you just kind of pick someone at random mm. and then can't get out of it. Yeah. Poor, poor and there's person. more bl- more sorry, I can't even speak more blushing. I think when you're a teen, <laughs> I think I've stopped my blushing a little bit. Hopefully, but yeah, that's a big difference it's, for me. Yeah, it's very embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, I actually, when I see people that I used to fancy a bit at school, um, I still get really embarrassed now. I kind of revert back slightly in the pub, and if they buy me a drink, I sort of feel really pleased about it. But I know that I don't fancy them anymore, but it's like a kind of default mindset. Finally. Yeah, finally, I'm funny in with the cool kids. Actually, someone, one of my friends bumped into a guy that um, she used to fancy at school years ago, and um, they were in the pub, and he was like, oh, you might remember me. Uh, I was one of the it kids. And she was kind of like, that was the moment that she actually went, okay, I can put this teenage crush to bed now. Um, he referred to himself as, as an it kid, it yeah. Is he still riding high off being an it kid at school? Was yeah, I think, so, I think so, yeah. Well, that's good. I think maybe what... I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here that none of us were the it kids at school. <laughs> Surprising, um, isn't it? <laughs> Do I, I, I was that? an it kid. I think we were all in possibly slightly different gangs or no oh, gang so at all. But Lucy, <laughs> Lucy you, were, you were in a sort of particular um, teen clique, weren't you? Name it, name it. I, I was the only one in that clique. My friend Louise just used to say to me, it's just a phase, it's just a phase. And what was that phase? My, my grunge phase. <laughs> you um, were the only one in your clique. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I broke free from the social norms and conventions of my of, of my washing. school. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I was I was pretty clean. But again, that was totally driven by by boys. I did end up really loving the music, but at the same time, it was definitely something I was led to by my desire for particular adolescent uh, boys from the local school. Mm. And do um, we all think that it's really different being a teenager now compared to what it was like when we were younger? I think it's to- yeah, uh, so but much different. I think, different. Like, like, you say it's different because of Facebook and phones, and obviously that does change a lot, but I still think growing up in the 60s or the 70s would have been very different to growing up in the 90s. So Yeah, it's different for, well, yeah. So different I think, for every generation. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be annoying to, like, put pictures of yourself pouting all the time, and then you try to get a job. Obviously, that's irritating, but, like, there are always irritations with teenhood. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it is much harder to leave your past behind and actually get a fresh start when you move on from, say, one school to another or, or going, to, going university. to university. Like, you've got all of this kind of online baggage that you take with you, including those photos from when you are literally in the middle of your adolescent, slightly gawky, um, you know, phase where you've got really bad acne or whatever else. And those are, those are things I'm so glad to leave in well in the past without too much... Um, yeah, people would have to take the trouble to scan a photo in to put it up on Facebook, something from, you know, like the worst school album from when you're about 12 or 13. Whereas now everyone's just doing that all the time. So, yeah, you're always going to have, I don't know, like 11... If you're 11, you're probably going to have a mobile phone now, aren't you? And actually be able to get in touch with people and message people and have a kind of life away from your parents. But it ruins your social life. Well, that's what I... From seeing kids at school, like, it's like over-texting and over-Facebooking so much that they don't actually... Yeah, pinging. Constant pinging. What's pinging? Pinging is Blackberry. Yeah. So you ping people, but then I was also told that you can have, like, a red alert ping. And that's like a ping that overrides all the other functions on your phone. So if it's really important, then you'll put a red alert ping on your ping to your friend that you're pinging. And then they can't do anything else. And then, like, when they get it, it'll be like the BlackBerry will start flashing. So, like, even if they put their phone on silent or something, they'll still know they've got a ping. I feel like we're doing an advert for BlackBerry here. (laughs) Also, I don't know if we're saying something good or bad. I can't really tell. But I think there is, like, I think for teenagers today, you are, like, you're you're contactable all the time. Mm. You can't always retreat from the kind of pressures that you face at school. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if it's harder to deal with that as a teenager or not. Like, I find it quite stressful now, let alone when you're kind of 14 years old and... If I wanted to go on the internet when I was younger, my mum would have to get off the phone and I'd have like a 10 minute window when I could talk to people. But everything was kind of monitored by them. There wasn't really the only time away I got from my family to do my own thing was if I kind of was allowed out the house. But even I don't know, I just didn't feel like I I didn't have that much freedom to kind of go on the internet and do whatever I wanted. Whereas obviously now you can just find out anything from a really young age. If your parents don't have like a parental pin, you can come into contact with all yeah, sorts of Yeah, I think looking stuff. up a word on the internet has probably grown, like a lot of people's vocabulary has grown at a much younger age because you can just like, if you don't know something, you can look it up. And like not knowing something is something that is very hard to come by because there's nothing you can't Google. Does anyone know any good teenage slang? Well, on teenage slang, so I've been um, uh, working, well, not working, having some fun with some teenage... That- <laughs> <laughs> I think you fun. should clarify that and say that you are working with... Volunteering. <laughs> Vol- un- that's unpaid the working. Volunteering. Working. Yeah, with some te- They've written the script, and when I went through the script the first time, I had to ask them what most of the words meant. So there was pinging, which obviously I had no idea what it meant. There was also a jezzy. You think I'm joking, you little jezzy, means you think I'm joking, you little kind of hussy. Like yeah. Jezebel, that's pretty old school slang, isn't it? Yeah, um, I like that. What, what other ones are, are there? Yeah, there was one. Hang on. Do we like peng? Because that was one. Like the school that I worked in, it seemed that um, all the all the slang words meant a variety of things, including they all meant hot, like really good, and weed. So like, <laughs> if you said like, is that guy peng? It's like, is that guy hot? And like, if you said like, I want some. Yeah, basically, like peng just means everything. Piff also means all of the above. Piff. Oh. I like, yeah, I like all those ones. But oh, so you could say, give me a piff, or that's piff. Give me a penny. Yeah, I think piff. maybe give me some piff. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never got involved with these discussions at school with the children. <laughs> I was a responsible adult. <laughs> and, and apparently in one line, wet means thirsty. So this It's car- like an opposite. Yeah, like, Alicia, why are you so wet? Yeah. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say those kids are lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> They've given you a list of definitions they want you to believe. <laughs> not sure those are accurate definitions. I think you could be right. Yeah. There's also an interesting one. Has anyone seen that uh, that film Bang Bang Kipper Bang? No. So that's like a film about like a childhood in the 40s. Um, but they apparently have this thing that they just say, um, pagey, cakey, starhood. Apparently that's just the thing that people say. That's a very long bit I've of I've never heard that. What does it that? mean? No, it's just like a thing to show that you know what they're saying. Like Hakuna Matata. You say it back. Well, maybe. Maybe a bit like that. Um, pagey, yeah. cakey, starhood. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Uh, right. <laughs> there it is. And there's also KMT, which means kiss my teeth. I'd never heard of that. Oh one. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, kissing your teeth. This is a new what thing. What is that? that meant to be like, like kiss my ass. No, no, no. It's like okay, okay. It's not going to translate over the radio at all. And even Emma's pulling studio. a face. But it's like you know when people get Has told off and they go like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a thing that loads it was of a kids very do now. Sarcastic face. Yeah. Is it almost like kind of going like you know talk to the hand or something? It's just like it's basically saying like, f off. Say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a bit quieter. Yeah, it's it's yeah. an expression of disgust with whatever the person who's doing, who's <laughs> approaching them, is doing. Yeah. Um, so I guess we better say thank you to our guest. Thank you so much, Sandra. That was really great. Thank you. Um, and thank you to our poetry guest as well. Yeah. Thanks, Stevie. All right. Bye. Um, good night. For full versions of our shows, check out verylosewomen.wordpress.com. This program was brought to you by Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.